Welcome to Energy Matters with Robin Berlinski, the show that highlights and celebrates the champions who use their positive energy to change the world, because your energy really does matter. We are heard internationally on your favorite podcast sites, including Pandora, Spotify, and Apple, where you'll also find a library of all of Robin's shows. And if you live in or happen to be visiting our home base of Charleston, South Carolina, we're also heard Sunday mornings at 8 o'clock on the iconic 1250 WTMA with the invaluable assistance of our dear friend and radio legend, John Quincy. And here she is, Robin Berlinski. Hey, Ron. Good morning. Any business uh, before I introduce we our guest? We always have business. So remember, if you're listening on the radio, please follow me on Instagram at Robin underscore Berlinski. We have lots of giveaways, and this show in particular, I have something really exciting. So go to Instagram to find out how you can win. Very good. Well, let's get started. Our guest, this program, Angie Mizell, you probably heard the name, is an author, mom of three, and former TV news anchor. She's on a mission to inspire deep conversations that help people step away from false identities, face grief and loss, and choose mindful presence over external ambition so they can create authentic, aligned, and purposeful lives. She writes a weekly newsletter on Substack called Hello Friday, and her new book, Girl in the Spotlight, is out now. Angie, welcome to the show. I am so glad to be here. Yay! I'm going to jump in because I have a story, Ron. So, you remember um, Josh Silverman was on the show, and I told you I was like, I'm like a super fan of the Silverman family, right? Like I met them all as a as a unit at the Children's Museum, and I'm in love with all of them. Well, Angie Mazel, I am a fan of her family, and I've never met any of them. Like that is hilarious to me, but I she is so great on social media. She's so honest, so real. Her kids are amazing. Her like I am all in, and I've I'm meeting her today. So I just wanted to this start is the with first that. time. Yes, uh, in, like truly yeah, in person, truly talking. But I've known Robin forever, yeah. also, and we have mutual friends. And I'm such a fan of you, also. Yay! Well, mutual love fast, yes. but um, this book. Oh my gosh! So I pre-ordered. You guys, I got my book today. I'm so excited. I'm like holding it in my lap. Isn't I'm gonna she go pretty? home. So exciting! Girl in the spotlight. We're gonna to dive into all that but there's so much more before you got to this book and so as always ron and i want to hear where you started like where did what were you doing and how did you get to this point where you are today well i did start my career as a television journalist and i grew up in charleston and i had to work my way up to get my first job in charleston and i was living a dream for many years but I guess, and I had big dreams. I wanted to go to Los Angeles. You know, I wanted to be Nancy O'Dell. I wanted to host Access Hollywood and just be just like her. Um, But I I suppose I had a quarter-life crisis of sorts. But I started to change and I reached a crossroads in my life. And when I finally left my career in TV news, I knew that that experience had changed me in a way that I needed to talk about and share. I feel like it had freed me somehow. But when I started to work the story backwards, I realized it wasn't just about leaving. It wasn't just about work-life balance. It's about the things that were driving me to succeed and work so hard in the first place. So I really had to dig in to my own backstory to even figure out how I got myself to such a place that I had such big dreams that I ultimately had to turn and walk away from. Here's what I love. Okay. Radio, you don't know this. Angie is gorgeous. She's beautiful on the outside. You know, when you're on social media, everyone's perfect, but you're like uber perfect and you're an amazing dancer, which we have questions <laughs> about that later. But like 
and what I love is that you're peeling that away and you're saying, I am vulnerable. I am real. I have pain. I have had struggles. And that makes this book so much more special because you could just stay in that space where we all perceive you as perfect. And you're not. You're saying, hey, guys, this is real. And this is what I went through. And that just makes this so much more powerful that you're willing to step outside and be vulnerable. So I, again, I haven't read it yet. I'm just assuming you're vulnerable in this book. But from what you're saying, you are. And I just love it. Thank you. Because when I first left TV, again, I felt like maybe do I want to be a life coach? Do I want to be a speaker? Do I want to talk about work-life balance and finding your passion? And that felt only part of the way right. And that was what I'm here now with a book because I finally realized I have a story to tell and it isn't a self-help book. It's a memoir. The fact that I've written it as a personal narrative is very significant because I wanted as a former journalist to tell my story because I told other people's stories and I was like, it's time to turn the spotlight on me, so to speak, and show how I actually got free and just feel like I live a life that is still very imperfect and difficult, but it has a lot more joy and I'm a lot more present than I used to be. When you say you got free, there must have been some epiphany in the TV world that made you Mm -hmm. sit down and make a major decision. Is that giving away too much from the book for you to tell us that? No, not at all. I do feel like I was well-matched for that career. Public speaking was my thing. I liked to be on camera. I had a lot of fun. So many people that I'm still so close with and getting to work in Charleston, my hometown. I mean, it really was a dream. But it is a very stressful business. And as I started to get just a little bit older, and we're talking approaching 30, not I thought (laughs) I was old. I'd like to be that old Me too. But you know, I was in a career that I did feel like I had, there was a shelf life to it. And I had to reach certain markers in my career if I was going to quote unquote make it. So I'm approaching 30 and I'm very stressed because I'm starting to change internally. I'm like, do I really want to move around from city to city? And do I always, back then, you know, before um, mobile phones, I had a pager. Like, do I really want my pager to be going off? Do I really want to be driving home from a small plane crash in the forest at four in the morning? And a lot of people love that. I was starting to realize I don't love this. And it was hard for me to come to terms with that because so much of my identity was wrapped up in being known. So what I really freed myself from, yes, I freed myself from stress, realizing, do I really have to work this hard? Why am I working so hard? But um just this belief that I could walk away and it did not say anything about who I was on the inside. And that was huge. Were, were you married at the time? Yes. Okay. I have a good one. He, well, so my husband and I met in college and we are both journalism majors. And the twist of this whole story is that we, even though he was behind the scenes, he worked as a director. We always worked at the same television station and we were on a trajectory together. So when I started to go, I don't know if I want this, the plot thickens. Interesting. We are still married. (laughs) <laughs> good, good, good ending. <laughs> so, to quote an oft-used word, this is a major paradigm shift from the television business to what's next. When did you sit down and go, "Okay, I have all these options, but this is what I'm going to do"? Well, so initially, I I did two things at once. I became a personal trainer 
at um, a gym downtown. And I started doing PR and marketing on the side. So I had a lot of side hustles. But when I realized that blogging was a thing, I was a little bit of a late adopter to blogging. Um, I realized, oh, there is a platform for me to write short form personal stories and share them with people. So I was able to start sharing daily stories about motherhood. And I was telling stories through just a different lens, um, having walked away from that career. And I, I mean, I've worked on this book for on and off for, I'm, I'm counting like 12, 14 years, but not, it didn't take me 14 years to write it. It was just realizing I do have a story to tell. How am I going to put this on paper? So that has been in the background of my life pretty much the entire time I've been a mom and doing a lot of other things, you know, doing commercials and things so like that. So your blog is Hello Friday. Is that? It is now Hello Friday. You t- um, okay. Yes. And I would say in the past year, I have been very consistent with Hello Friday that I gave my blog a name. It wasn't just Angie Mazel's blog. And how can <laughs> listeners find that? If you go to angiemazel.com, there's a link to it. Um, the direct link is angiemazel.substack.com. But um, angiemazel.com will get you everywhere. It's I recommend it. I love my Hello Friday. I get an email. I get, mm-hmm. I get a notice that it's out. And the last one that I just jumped up and down was when your book came and you yeah. had it out and her whole family came and they celebrated. Again, why I'm a Angie Mazel family fan. Um, so you kind of see the journey through what you're doing and that's mm-hmm. the dancing part. I've seen her dance. Y'all, she's a good dancer. I'm going to say that. We'll get, to, record. We'll I'm get living. to that in a second. So what do you want the end user, the reader, when they finish reading that book, what are they looking for? Why, why would they come to you? What are they, you know, what are they hoping to f- uh, fill that's empty at that point, which I'm guessing is a big part of this? Yes, absolutely. Um, before I answer that, I'll say I've had people who have said they don't have the same life story as me, but it's well, universal well, that they can relate, right? But maybe they don't have the exact same pain and loss or the exact same career path. But I do believe I've hit on a lot of universal themes that a lot of people um, deal with. And for me, I really hope my book speaks to people who are carrying pain from the past and this unnamed grief that they may not even realize they're carrying. So for me, I knew the story of my life. I didn't realize how it still had an effect on me because I thought I had dealt with all that stuff (laughs) and how my losses and hurt and things and traumas were really shaping the way I thought. It was shaping my view of success. And I had to untangle from a lot of beliefs that were keeping me stuck in in a spot where I didn't feel like I could change. So I really want to... Is it inspire, empower, encourage? Um, just say it's okay. If you're at a place in your life that something needs to shift, you need to listen to that voice because that is the voice. So I'm getting on to another answer. Part of the answer was just realizing that those inner feelings, that I could trust those because I was sort of trained to not trust that. And especially when it's trying to take you in a direction that feels different. So that's really what I want for people. I want them to be courageous with their life and do the hard thing because their freedom is right on this, the other side of that. And you know, you talk about approaching 30 and I know we laughed about that, but truly in that industry, you were kind of getting to the, you know, a space where you needed to do something. And I love that because 
you're right in in any anyone reading this book doesn't have the same life path but it's saying to them it doesn't matter how old you are it doesn't matter where you are in your career you can always pivot it doesn't matter if you've invested in four years of college seven years of college you've gone down a path you've been in a business for 10 years you know if you're not right and you're not balanced and you're it's not working it's okay there's there's a path you can take i think that could be a great message for anybody clearly who doesn't have the same path mm-hmm. that you did and I, I do feel like sometimes if we know we need to make a change, that feels big and scary. But I think just starting with the awareness of knowing something isn't right. And really, when I finally make a leap of faith, everyone, I mean, we know part of how the book ends because I left television news, but that's not the whole of the ending. <laughs> also, it wasn't one epiphany. It was a series of aha moments, if you will, or conversations I had with people or just messages that were coming to me that by the time I made a leap, I had a couple of years of just almost readying myself for it that I knew I could trust myself that, you know, who's going to catch you when you make a leap? I'm like, well, I guess I will catch me. And that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. This may sound like a silly question, but are, are any of the seeds that are planted for what you're doing now were they there before you went into television and you kind of put those aside and then they came back again afterwards like wow i remember talking about that or thinking about that yes 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 i just did not know that writing this way was a thing you know so i knew i was a good writer um it was a honors english class i had um a teacher who just had us keep a weekly journal And I started to notice that I wasn't like, today I went to school. I was starting to write about things that were happening at home and ways I was feeling on the inside. And I was like, what's happening here? I felt a shift inside. And then I took a creative writing nonfiction class in college. And the professor, it was so, I was revising my essays in the library. And I stopped and was like, wow, I really feel like myself. But I didn't know what to do with, I really feel with like myself and the professor at the end of the semester I got an A in the class and she wrote a note on my writing folder that said you could really have a career as a writer and I was on cloud nine but again I didn't know what to do with that and I guess I thought as a journalism major and going into news I was using my skills and I guess I was maybe it was just all an idea before it's time you know it just your life does foreshadow itself and I feel really that's what happened. You look back on your TV career and have any regrets? Not anymore. I did. Um, but I've come to terms with a lot of things where I think that was absolutely right for me for the time that I was in it. And I think I walked away at the time that I needed to. And I look back on that experience and at the end, it was hard. I mean, I don't love the end because I mean, that was the end. But um, I have, and especially being in this community, I am so honored to have been part of the news community here in Charleston because um, we still look at these um, people. I mean, I grew up watching Channel 5 (laughs) and um, there's a, I don't name Bill Walsh, but there's, I walked up to him in Pizza Hut when I was in um, middle school and I slipped him a note. And I'm like, why is the sky blue? <laughs> and he came and he, he came to my table and answered the question. And that's just a little 
scene in the book. Um, so I don't have any regrets because I'm here now and I don't think I would be here with talking to you guys now had I not taken that path. Well, obviously what I'm looking at and you can't see this as radio is a very significant book. It's not the pamphlets. Some of my friends and colleagues say, Oh, look, I'm an author and they give you a seven page thing. <laughs> Obviously, this took a lot of time. What is the process to sit down at a computer and start with that blank page and let's see where this goes and how many times you have to rewrite something and go back and forth until you go, that's it, I'm done? I I say this as a joke, but I'm like, if somebody says, what do I need to do if I'm going to write a book? I'm like, I wouldn't recommend it. Like, (laughs) But um, it was a process over time that looking back, reverse engineering it, I would tell somebody that if you are having some ideas, you need to sit down and write the image that's in your mind right then. And then if you can keep that somewhat organized, whether it's in your Google Docs or whatever, let your intuition write all of those things you're thinking. Don't try to put it in order because every time I started to write something and I could feel myself going in a different direction, I would stop myself. And that's what would trip me up because it's almost like I was trusting my intuition and then I stopped. But the revision happens later. So that was the process. It was a lot of writing and then meeting friends at writing conferences who just forced me to finish that first draft. And then I finally found a mentor who was my personal editor and she's been working with me on revisions for years. But every time she would send the revisions back with her notes, I knew she was right. And then it would send me into like an emotional tailspin. (laughs) So I had to like put it away. So that's really what it was like. Um, But I'll tell you this. At the end, I was so close to being done for about a year. And I finally had a conversation with a very intuitive friend. And she said, you have had a lot of loss in your life. And you're not finishing this book because your subconscious is saying not another loss. And you need to just grieve the loss, finish the book, and go live the life that's waiting for you on the other side. Wow. That's powerful. And I finished it in two months. Okay. I'm going to jump in because this is like personal therapy for me. (laughs) Like Ron knows. I have written, I've written a book, okay, Mm -hmm. like a year ago, submitted it, like was working on it with an editor and it's been revised like three times by me Mm -hmm. because my trajectory has changed. Like I work at a nonprofit. I... I'm an educator, so it started as one thing, and I'm like, oh, wait, 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 this, it needs to be more this, and then we start moving, and I'm like, wait, 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 I'm, delete that, I'm, okay, you're giving me hope that I'm, like, it didn't all happen in six months, you didn't sit down and say, I'm gonna write a book, and then eight months later, here it is in front of me, because I've been beating myself up, because I'm doing mm-hmm. it, no one is saying to me, change this, I'm saying, I don't like that, I want to change it, so this whole thing has, like, stalled, because I didn't want to look at it. It was sort of a source of like, why can't I? Why can't I? Why can't I? And now I'm, I'm seeing that I need a friend. I need to go to a writing conference mm-hmm. and have somebody nudge me to say, no, it's okay. You just weren't ready or the journey has changed. You still have something to say. So that's exactly. I feel like right. I'm in therapy right now. Thank you so much, Angie Mazel. Well, I'm, I'm happy to help. I can, you do have to, to an extent, trust the process trust yourself if you feel like it's not ready it may not be ready and then you have to have enough discernment to know okay now I'm stalling but I didn't get to I'm stalling until the end I really I mean my children have never not known a mom who's writing a book and there were times that I thought I was done with it and like now I'm gonna 
try to publish it and then I would pull back because they're in and that's that so I really do tell people just to trust yourself especially if it's your first book you know if I write another one which I hope so I hope it doesn't take 14 years but I mean but maybe I can cut the time in half (laughs) is it hard when you get the feedback is it can you argue can you say no I need it this way because you it's that's a piece of vulnerability too you're sharing your life story and someone's like giving you revisions i was just lucky that i found people who gave me very constructive feedback and it was in a way that didn't make me defensive and a lot of times they were right in that because you have to think about the reader if they're if they're having questions that's going to come up for other readers so and even with my publisher my book was in pretty good shape before I got it. You know, I submitted it to this publisher um, for consideration, but even it went through an extensive revision process and there were no notes that they suggested that I was like, absolutely not. And there was only one thing. It was related to a detail. I said, well, if we do that, we're going to make it mean something else. So this is about accuracy. But then they gave me, they're like, okay, so why don't we do this? And so I think you really also have to use discernment of who are you letting read your work and do you trust them and do they have your best interests at heart? Well, speaking of which, I'm sure a few people have read this in advance. What's the best compliment you've received so far? Yes. Um, One where you knew somebody really got it. They understood exactly what you would. I, oh my goodness, I do. I So I have a friend that I met online. It's funny. We met through our blogs, but we became friends in real life. And I actually, I had to read it at the end because I still felt like there wasn't something right at the beginning. And she was actually, we Vox, do you know what Voxer mm-hmm. is? It's that walkie-talkie app. And when she read it the first time, she was like, oh, please don't be mad at me. She goes, I just really feel like maybe you overworked this a little bit. And it was just something in the beginning. And she said, can I play with it? And then she kind of switched some things around. And I was like, this feels right. And then I was able to clean it up and I gave her I I think I'm telling this story mixed up but when she finally got to the end of the book she voxed me and she was like Angie she's like this is so good and she said she said something to the effect of you are just so different like there's something unique about your voice and I just even though she's a friend of mine she was a good enough friend to go this isn't right to get to the end and go Oh man, I was like, that is it. Yeah. I mean, that, and that's how I want people to feel. Not everybody's going to get it or like it. It might not resonate, but I am writing for that person that that's what she said. She said, you make people feel things. That, Ooh, that's good. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, I love the title. I love the cover Girl in the Spotlight. It's a beautiful cover. There's a cute little girl. Is that you? No, but she is the essence of me. She is an yeah. amazing stock you, you photo. You feel it. Yes, yes, absolutely. So what's next? Besides wanting to sell a lot of books, are you hoping to turn this into um, a new business, an initiative of some kind? I have really been waiting for this moment because now that the book is here, I want to continue to do what I'm doing right now. I want to be in these conversations where we talk about the themes. I, I really just want to get, I want to have conversations about the book and tell my story. And you have an event. Can we time this podcast with an event in Charleston? Yes. Okay. So Thursday, October 5th, two days after my book officially launches, I'm having a book launch party. It's from six to eight. 
um, in Mount Pleasant. Uh, it is free to attend. I will have books for sale. There will be food and drinks and I will sign books and it's, it's really meant to be a fun celebration. And if people are interested, they can go to my website. They can go to angiemazel.com or girlinthespotlight.com. It's free, but you need a ticket through Eventbrite. Got to have your free ticket because we need to know how many people are coming. And where is it? It is at 665 Johnny Dodds Boulevard. It is at the go-to team offices in Mount Pleasant. It's just over the Ravenel Bridge um, near Sesame. If you know where Sesame, where Sesame is. is, good yes. burgers. I'm going to bring my daughter. We're coming. Oh, I'm so excited. So let me clarify something, which is really kind of cool. You went through a publisher. When most people will self-publish mm-hmm. through Amazon or mm-hmm. what are some of the other ones out there. So to have a publisher mm-hmm. join forces with you was quite extraordinary. It was. Publishing has changed a lot. And I really, um, the, in the traditional publishers, I went with an independent publisher um, that's recognized by Publishers Weekly, and they are really making a name for themselves, and they hold themselves to publishing industry standards. But the big publishing houses, they put so much emphasis on having a big platform. And in some ways, that felt counter to the life I walked away from. Like, I need to have hundreds of thousands of followers for you to pick me. So to partner with a publisher who's doing the same thing, and I'm... Um, it, it was really a great experience because it was such a personal experience and yet it was just as professional and just as, you know, and it, it's, I'm going to have to get my book in bookstores. Like I'm going to have to ask as a new author, I'm going to have to convince bookstores to take a chance on me, but my book will be on the Barnes and Noble website. It will, awesome. yeah, it will be everywhere books are sold online. And I worked really hard for that. That's great. All right, so you have about 60 seconds left to tell us everything else we need to know about Angie Mazel. I love writing online. And what would make me so happy is if people will go to my website and sign up for Hello Friday and just get connected with me and get in the conversation. Because I have learned so much from my readers. It's not just about me telling my stories. It's what people are saying in the comments and we have become friends and I think that's how stories make us feel less alone and more connected to our community. So I really would love for you to join mine. Yes. And I'll put it in the show notes for this podcast episode and the giveaway will be this book. I'm giving it away to one listener. Yeah, I know that. I know the giveaway. So I'm going to be buying one. Will it be an autograph book? Ooh, yes. Yes, 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 We're going to get it at the event on October 5th. Uh, Sorry, 5th. Uh, October 5th. Yes, I will absolutely give you a book to give away. No, to I'm buying the book. I'm you already gave me you already gave me a book. This is very exciting. A real author right here. In the I studio. know. I'm so excited. <laughs> well, folks, you've been listening to Energy Matters with Robin Berlinski. We hope you've enjoyed this episode and we'd love your feedback at thelearningring.com where you can also reach out to Robin with questions or comments and even chances to win prizes. Thanks for joining us. Until next time. <laughs>